This is Dave LaGreca of Busted Open, and I know two extremely passionate fans about AEW, Paul Zartman and Tanner Lee. That's right, Paul and Tanner. I love what they bring to the table on the Kicking Out Podcast. That's right, the Kicking Out Podcast with Tanner Lee and Paul Zartman. Are you listening to me? If you want the latest on AEW and you're an AEW fan and you want to get the scoop, you listen to Paul and Tanner right now on all podcast forums. I'm talking, you go to the podcast store, you lay down your money, and you buy the Kicking Out podcast. You do it now. If you love AEW, you'll love Tanner and Paul. It's Thursday night, December 2nd, 2021, and you're listening to a brand new episode of the Kicking Out Podcast. I'm Tanner Lee. Yes, I'm back this week after a week hiatus alongside my co-host who is here every week, who did a great job hosting last week, Paul Zarman. Paul, thanks for uh, holding down the fort last week, and thanks to Doom for filling in and uh, being a co-host with you last week. Yeah, no problem. It was a it was a good time. I uh, enjoyed talking with Doom, getting his insight on anything and everything that was AEW. Uh, you guys did a good job. Told him uh, last week we'll have to get him on sometime, the three of us, and have at this, and we'll see how that uh, works out here in the future. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm down for that. I'm down for any of our viewers and listeners that they ever want to interact with us, get on, join, talk some good old AEW wrestling. We're all here for it. That's what we're here for. We're our fans just like you all. So we're trying to work hard to make sure we get this podcast to you every week. Like tonight, our schedule, we had to shift our schedules around a little bit. Paul and I are both pretty busy with our, in our personal lives, but we enjoy doing this. We enjoy talk wrestling and uh, want to get it out to you guys. And uh, if, if you're looking for a holiday gift, maybe some last minute Christmas shopping, even though I guess you got 23 days, but uh, go on, go on pro wrestling tees uh, slash kicking out podcast and, Get some merchandise. We have a Christmas decorated shirt up now. It's got a yes. nice little Christmas wreath on it. So, uh, yeah. But if you're going to order from Pro Wrestling Tees, I'd say you better get on it pretty quick because they're pretty busy. And, uh, yeah, I know their shipping hasn't been the, the quickest. Excalibur was uh, very positive last night. And, you know, oh, you still got plenty of time to order from AEW. And I'm like, no, Excalibur, you need to do it like this week if you want it before yeah. Christmas Eve. But um, um, shopaw.com has some slick new stuff. Those Christmas sweaters are really cool. Yeah. All these sweaters. Um, Adam Cole's got a great new shirt out. A lot, a lot of the guys and gals have some great new merch out. So uh, whether whether you're getting KOP merch, AEW merch, go get yourself or the wrestling fan or friend in your family um, a gift. So oh, always good to get some wrestling stuff. Always. What did you think of last night's episode, Paul? Uh, you know, I was a little late on watching it. I watched it today instead That's of last fresh night. In your mind. Yep, it is extremely fresh in my mind, and uh, I thought it was a really solid show. So, I always like when they put on shows in Atlanta. 
Yeah. Yeah. The the main event definitely was torn in its fans, but uh, what would you expect from Atlanta? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, you know, it's his uh, hometown. So, but based on the crowd reaction last week at Chicago, I was not surprised to see a split reaction this week. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, we'll, we'll get more into that main event yeah, as we get yeah. to that main event. Plenty, plenty <laughs> to talk about when it comes to the Cody and Druddy. Atlanta street fight, as you always like to point out, it's got to be with the city name in it every time. So. Yeah, it's not just a street fight or, you know, false count anywhere. It's a, it's a insert city name street fight. Yes, sir. But Dynamite was in Atlanta last night, and uh, instead of JR, who's taking some time off till the Daily's Place episode on the 29th, I believe, he's taking some time off to get his skin cancer treated, um, Excalibur uh, welcomed us all. It says, Wednesday night, you know what that means, coming to us live from Atlanta, Georgia. And he did send out good wishes to Jim Ross. So it was just him and Tony Schiavone. Then we hear Adam Hangman Page's music. And he walked out to join those two on commentary, which was already promoted yesterday. But Tony Khan added a stipulation that if he got up and left the commentary table, he would get fined. So I like that little touch there. Yeah. Yeah. Then we got the opening match between the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, and Allen Five Angels of the Dark Order. Allen Five Angels is from Atlanta. This building they're wrestling at last night, he actually had his high school uh, graduation ceremony at. So I thought that was pretty cool how it all tied together. But uh, Brian Danielson took it to him, and man, Paul, Brian Danielson's just on a hot streak. The guy just has no holes in his wrestling game right now. I know this is uh, amazing. I mean, I have not seen this from this guy his whole career since I've been following him. Now, maybe down in ROH, but I didn't watch much of his ROH stuff. I came in kind of at the tail end of him, or maybe it was the very beginning. I don't know which. Punk was still very active there. I know that much. Yeah, he's definitely kicking people's heads in. Like, like yeah. it's an aggressive style. Brian Danielson, I'm not too familiar with. That was his style in ROH, but like you said, I was more familiar with him in WWE than I was ROH. But I mean, look what he did to Cabana last week. He literally kicked his tooth out of his head. Yeah, um, he is not holding much back. Good news is he, he could just fly to Florida and have Britt just fix it for him. That's true. They Probably gets a company right discount roster, <laughs> right on the roster. So uh, fun little match here, but I, I do like how they had Danielson get through him pretty quickly and easily because five probably is the weakest link of the Dark Order. Part of me really wanted to see him squash Allen really fast just to kind of give another slight to Omega. Yeah. Yeah, I think if he could have beat him in, you know, under five minutes, then he could have gone, look, Omega, this is, you know, something else I did that you couldn't do. Yeah, we saw uh, Danielson, you know, stomping on Angel's head multiple times, and then he ended he ended the match by putting Angel's in a knee bar. Al Angel's tapped out right away, but after the, after the match, uh, Brian Danielson cut a promo, said he snapped Angel's MCL, and last week he knocked out Cabana's tooth. He then says he will take down another Dark Order member in their hometown next week in Long Island, referring to uh, Johnny Hungy, John Silver. Uh, Hangman had enough. He was going to walk down the ring, but he got stopped by John Silver. Silver told Hangman that he cannot touch him, but I can. Silver ran down the ring. However, Brian Danielson left the ring and says he will not do it tonight. Yeah, um, I got to say, during that uh, tail end of that, he uh, 
almost walked off the ramp. I thought he, I think he thought he was further up the ramp than he actually was because he just kind of started walking backwards, turned around, and you could see that kind of oh crap off of him. Yep. <laughs> yeah, should be a fun match next week. Yes, yes. Brian Danielson and Johnny Hungy. And we did find out when the big championship match is going to take place. Less than two weeks now. It's going to be on the 15th when uh, winter is coming in the Dallas, Texas area. So, Who you got winning? Hey, man. How confident are you? I'm pretty confident. Okay. Okay. I'm pretty confident. But last week, last year was when Omega took the title off Mox was that winter is coming. We saw Sting make a big debut. You got to think they've got some big plans in store for this show. Can't Something. Wait. Something's definitely coming. At winter is coming. Or Wang Man. Did you see that today on Twitter? Yes. It, yes. The, H, the font of the H makes it look like a W. And Brian Danielson referred to it in his tweet and called Hangman Wang Man. So. Oh, yeah. I know uh, if uh, he cuts a promo on Hangman next week, it's going to be Wang Man. Uh, that's good stuff. Good stuff. We then got a vignette from Miro. I he's, was excited for this. Oh, he was. This was awesome. He says a line has been drawn, and now he will bring fear when he returns. Yes. So, yeah, it is going to be a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this from him. It was something different. Yeah. Um, I I want to know what was bleeped out. Uh, you showed what kind of gods you are, and you're uh, and I didn't. I couldn't make out what he said. Normally, I can piece it together with everything else around it, but I was clueless on this one. I like how, and of course, Miro's got some injuries that he's healing up from, but I like that after the Sammy lost and after the um, Danielson loss, he's getting a break. I like that. And then bring him back and have him dominate again. Yeah, and I think that's exactly what they're going to do. Yep, yep, yep. So we then got a match. I was really excited to watch Lee Mor- Moriarty and CM Punk. Before the match began, though, we got MJF's music hit, and you could see Punk just like, oh, this guy again. He walks out to a chorus of booze. He joins the commentary team for the match. Then we get started with the match, and throughout the match, you know, MJF's bringing up stuff about Punk looking old and and, and drunk and, 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 and drunk. <laughs> Honestly, I'm sitting there, I'm like, he's not wrong. No, I mean, he's maybe not looking slow, but he does. He looks old, and he looks like a guy. If you didn't know he's straight edge, you would think, "What the heck has he been doing lately?" And um, Excalibur kind of expanded on that when he said that he was fighting a severe, not COVID, but severe upper respiratory infection yeah. last week, and still took on QT. A lot of so, those going around. I know two of my family members have been fighting the, that same exact yeah. thing lately. So a lot of that crap going around, along with all types of other things you see on the news um but yeah this this was a fun match a lot of back and forth um ends up with uh punk ended up getting a win with the gts but i have to say my favorite part of the match was when punk went for the pepsi twist yeah and lee morardi who has adopted that move hit it on punk i thought that was awesome yes yes and i like how you know when punk and even danielson for for um Maybe not as much as Punk, but Danielson also. You know, these two guys came in the company. I think everybody was expecting them to jump right up to the top and face the who's who. They're working with a lot of young talent, and I like that. Yeah, so do I. Um, You know, it helps put them over. Of course, uh, I think Punk has decided that he's going to do everything he can to make sure Britt Baker's over, even though she already is. (laughs) Yeah. 
So, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed them coming in. And, you know, if this was somewhere else where they made their return, as we saw with Danielson, it's straight to the top. You're going, you return, you go straight for the gold. Right, right. So, you know, I, I like how they're using younger talent. Yeah, Lee Moriarty might be getting a lot of losses to his record, but I think Tony Khan knows he can be a superstar for him in four or five years down the road. So yeah, why not put yeah. him in these big spots? And he's, he's a great wrestler. And I liked how commentary, MJF's trying to say Lee Moriarty's pushover, he's nothing. And Excalibur goes, he's already wrestled more matches in the company than you have this year. Yeah. I like how they're, they're, they're bringing that to light a lot because MJF's only wrestled five or six times this year. And I think, like, less than 20 times since the company started which is by design i mean when he match when yeah he wrestles, it's a big deal which is good but i like how they don't they don't they know we're intelligent fans they don't disrespect our intelligence i guess they right. bring up that type of type of thing so now let me ask you this before we go into the post-match segment yeah. you originally said when they bring punk in if they bring punk in i hope they use him kind of sparingly not every week yeah we're seeing him every week what are your thoughts on this yeah but i don't mind it when he's working with the younger talent um sting got pretty old for me pretty quick when he you know but he was doing the same week same thing over and over again this version of punk i don't mind as long as he's in the ring wrestling i don't i don't mind that but uh I think it will wear off eventually when he's in the company for about a year and they've toured pretty much every city they're going to tour. Yeah. And then, then, the, then maybe it'll be time to turn him heel. But, he still uh, needs to wrestle in Indy, not yep. just show up backstage he and does. fight with Kingston. He just does. saying. Well, and Adam Cole <laughs> needed his entrance. He gets yeah. everywhere else and they didn't do it in Indianapolis. So. I know. Um, but one thing about Punk, you know, Oh, I'm just going to go on record whenever he and MJF face. I think MJF's going to go over. But I'm starting to wonder if for storyline purposes, they shouldn't have him lose before he goes against MJF because, you know, he's struggling with the Lee Moriarty's and not so much QT, but the um, who's some of the other young guys he's faced? Uh, Darby. Darby. Um, he's, he, he's struggling in some of these matches. So I think yeah. for storyline purposes, they need to have a young guy get caught – catch punk off guard and then punk be like oh my god like i just lost and but whoever that young guy is they better be ready to push him because that could directly make his career oh absolutely the first person to pin punk is made yeah i'm just saying it whether it's mjf whether it's um dante martin yes uh leo rush i mean it doesn't matter although leo's not necessarily a young guy but Still, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's about our age, maybe a little older, so he's still got plenty of time left in Mm -hmm. him. But yeah, I think I think it needs to be a young talent before MJF. Maybe someone that MJF struggled with. So now even MJF's going, okay, Mm -hmm. maybe. After the match, we uh, saw MJF and CM Punk go back and forth for a promo. Um, MGF says he will be better than Pipe. Next week when they go to uh, Long Island, he'll be bigger than Piper in Portland and bigger and better than Brett in Canada and bigger and better than CM Punk in Chicago. Then he starts taking uh, shots at uh, Britt Baker, saying CM Punk wants to get in Britt Baker's pants, all this stuff. I saw a lot of people on Twitter not liking that. Um, I didn't have a problem with it because CM Punk does – 
go outside his way to push Brit Baker. He wears a Brit Baker jacket after Dynamite goes off. <laughs> yeah. So that's where MJF was was getting at. But where uh, MJF crossed the line in Punk's um, point of view was when he brought up his dog Larry. Larry. He says, you keep bringing that flea-infested maggot of a dog around. I'm going to put Larry to sleep. I'm going to be the one putting him to sleep. And then CM Punk left the ring, went after MGF, but Wardlow comes out, stood in front of MGF, and they had a stare down. What do you think about that? I thought it was interesting because the camera was in just the right position that it caught Punk saying, you're going to come out for this guy. Mm-hmm. And you could kind of see that look on Wardlow. Like that was one of those other seeds that was planted when he turns. Because mm-hmm. it was just kind of like just that look back yep. at, MJF, like, do I want to really do this? In next week's the Diamond uh, uh, Dynamite Ring, a battle Diamond Dozen Battle Royal. It's always a tongue twister. So the last two are going to go against each other. We don't know who's going to be in it yet. We know MJF's going to be. I got to think Morlo's going to be. Is Punk going to be in it? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, I don't think it would do any good for Punk to be in it unless it was to further the storyline with MJF like maybe he's the one that throws MJF out so technically MJF still hasn't lost a match um because he hasn't been pinned but I don't know I know uh what what, what if he's in it and what if MJF somehow gets thrown out during the match and it's he and Warlow are the final two then fighting for the ring the next week I'd be okay with that honestly because I want to see what I've always wanted to see happen is Wardlow win something and then MJF go, look, you work for me. You're giving me your spot. Yep. I've wanted to see that. And that be that point where he just, that that's one of the final straws before he flips. Oh, we're going to, I think it's coming in 2022, but they got to do it at the right time. Cause it's one of the biggest stories they've been building slowly. Oh, yeah. It's, it's going to be great. The crowd's going to pop. This I has been, wait. This has been building, in my opinion, since about two weeks after Wardlow started the company. Yeah, that's fair. Back in late 2019. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, we then saw Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, backstage with Rebel and Jamie Hayter and Tony Schiavone. Tony asked uh, Britt about her upcoming match against Riho. Or no, excuse me. He asked her about her match last week against Riho in which Riho defeated her. Uh, she said she's mad and upset uh, that she now has to wrestle Riho. Um, Britain and Jamie Hader start taking shots at each other. Like we've mentioned before, Jamie Hader doesn't seem all bought into this faction. But uh, Britt says they're currently on the same page, and Rio will wrestle Hader on next week's Dynamite. And if she gets past her, then she can have her title shot. Yeah, whatever's left of Rio. Correct. So, Which, I mean, I'm not going to be one to make Jamie Hader mad, that's for sure. No, no. I mean, Rio's going to go over and win, but... She might take some good shots from Jamie Hader, that's for sure. Yeah, and this is one of those other storylines since uh, Jamie Hader joined Brit and Rebel that Jamie, like we have always talked, Jamie's not all into this, and she's going to turn. I mean, we kind of saw that when Brit was like, you know, uh, Tony was like, so Jamie, where were you during Friendsgiving? And she was like, I was out there having a... one of the best matches in the TBS tournament and Brits, which you lost. Boom. Taking shots at each other. Yep. Yeah. I thought it was going to come right there. I thought Jamie was just going to turn clocker and walk away. It's coming. Yeah. It's coming. It's going to be great too when it happens. Then this was the 
a weird part of the show for me because we see Adam Cole come out. Huge yeah. Pop. Oh, he's not over though. He's not over. He's no. not over. He, you know, AEW doesn't know what they're doing with Adam Cole. They're not putting him in good stories. He's he's not as over as he is in NXT. That's the most bunch yeah. of bull crap I've ever read. Wrestling Twitter sometimes. My God. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the guy's having a great time. He's having fun. He's doing what he wants to do. So, yeah, I could go on a tangent about that again. But it's all about the boom. It is all about the boom. Adam Cole comes out to do commentary, but he does his entrance, which that's like, I'm like, I'm jealous. I wanted to see that in Indy. I wanted to go Adam Cole, baby. No, no, we had to see him in the backstage segment. But anyways, uh, twice he then joins the commentary team, and we don't even know what match is coming up. No. Then Orange Cassie's music hits. He comes out, stares down Cole, comes over. They start talking trash. He does hands in the pockets. Then the Bucks come out. Then they exchange uh, slow kicks. After, well, I should say, Orange Cassidy's doing the slow kicks. The Young Bucks are confused, and Abco comes up behind. Cassidy hits him with a low blow. Then the Young Bucks do slow super kicks, then knock his head off with regular super kicks. Then they're going for the triple BT trigger, and Chuck Taylor and Wheeler Yuta run out with chairs, and the uh, super click run off. Um, yeah, the whole the whole part to me about this being weird was the Adam Cole coming out and doing commentary, and we'd only know what match is coming up, and then after all this is over, he just leaves. So he wasn't yeah. really out there for commentary. Yeah, you know, uh, Orange's music hits. Well, he's not up in this match. What match? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I thought maybe this was um, Wheeler. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I thought maybe he had a match that you know they didn't announce ahead of time or something. And, you know, maybe something happened where they needed to fill some time or something. So they put in a quick squash match. I thought that's what this was going to be. And then Cole's like, well, he's not even in this. Yeah. What match is it? And and, and I got to be honest, this has been brewing for me for a while, but I'm finally there. Orange Cassidy, and and I know Trent's out for the best friends, but Orange Cassidy and the best friends doing nothing for me anymore. I'm just kind of, I'm kind of over it. I'm kind of over the... You know, Orange Cassidy doesn't take anything serious. I know that's his gimmick, but I'm just – I never was huge on it. Now I'm just – he's always in these main – or not main storylines, but these bigger storylines, and I'm just – I'm not feeling it. He's the push of the best friends right now because yeah. Trent is out. Right. Um, I'm, I'm ready for Trent to come back. The best friends music hit. Them come out, have a great match, and I honestly would be okay – with the best friends turning heel on Orange Cassidy. Yeah, that would be intriguing. I just, I don't know. I just, Orange Cassidy, they, they need to do something. I, I don't know what you do. His gimmick kind of has limitations. And it just, I'm just, I'm not a fan right now. I'm just kind of tired of it. I'm kind of over it. You but, and me both. Uh, we then got Wardlow. We saw him earlier in, in the show. Um, he, I don't even know who he wrestled. I think it was a local talent. Oh, it's AC Adams. There, there's a name. And Sean Spears was out with Wardlow. The bell rang. Both men would hit each other with a few chops, and Wardlow delivered a massive chop. Then he hit um, four consecutive power bombs and pinned Adams. And after that, Sean Spears uh, hit Adams with multiple chair shots. Yeah. I, you know, I, I do like how they use Sean Spears. He doesn't always wrestle, but he's always still part of a faction, and he's always on TV. I, I like how they're using him. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that, but this was one of those that it just, I know we're refreshing the fans' memories of how powerful Wardlow is, but was this really needed? 
No, it was just like the Wheeler Eda one in Indianapolis when he hit Wheeler with six power bombs. You know, where the building, fans cheered. They're building, and then they cheered him last night too. That's why, yeah. That's why they're doing these. They want to show off his mm-hmm. power, get the fans on sight. So when he does turn, we got he a goes star baby right face, now. and star you've got a star. Yep. So it's it's coming. They're they're planting even more seeds in doing that. So yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be fun. We then got it. We returned from commercial break. We got Shivani doing a backstage interview with Penta L0M and, and Pac. Uh, Tony says that Ray Phoenix is injured and was not allowed to travel. So now uh, Friday's Rampage match will be FTR versus uh, Penta and Pac in a non-title match because that was supposed to be for the uh, tag team titles. Here's what's interesting, and maybe it's just me and maybe I'm just looking too deep into this. They've stopped calling them Death Triangle. Except they made an entrance last week as the Death Triangle with the right. video. Yeah. Right. That's what I don't get when it's all three of them, they're Death Triangle. Yeah. But before, you know, the Lucha Bros were still Death Triangle. Yeah. If uh, Pac teamed with either member, they were Death Triangle. That, and now we're point. getting that's them introduced individually. That's a good point. And, and Pac was wearing an eye patch from the, the Black Mist that Malachi Black hit him with last week. More eyes. Yep. As long as it's not an eye for an eye match, I'm good. I agree with you there, 100%. We then got the Gun Club, or as Dan Hauser calls them, the Ass Boys. Yeah. Against Darby and Sting. What did you think of Darby and Sting's face paint last night? I didn't really pay too much attention to Darby's. I was too intrigued by Sting's. Yeah, that was pretty intense looking. Yeah. I mean, the man had no neck last night. It was all face paint. It was extremely intense and it was kind of almost borderline scary. It was. It was. Um, it was really cool seeing him wrestle in Atlanta again. First time in a long, long time. Against um, somebody that he's wrestled several times before. Yes. I just kept gr- going back to WrestleMania 31 when the DX and NWO made run ins with the Triple H and Sting match. That's the last time I remember seeing Billy Gunn and Sting around each other. Yeah. Um, Back forth match. This match was between two tag teams that have, undef- have an undefeated record. I should I should should mention. Um, we saw Billy Gunn enter the ring towards the end of the match and hit Sting with the Famouser. Uh, Darby took out Austin and Colton Gunn after multiple running dives. Man, Darby's running dives busted his head night. open. Oh yes, he busted his head open. And another time, I thought he knocked himself out. Um, he uh, but Darby entered the ring and he hit Colton Gunn with the Stun Gun Millionaire. And then uh, Gunn gets hit with the Scorpion Death Drop. Sting then pins Colton to get the victory and ends the Gun Club's winning streak. So, yeah, yes. I, I think we all kind of knew that Sting and Darby were going to go over in this one. And honestly, are they going to build them for a tag team title shot? Or what are, what are we doing here? I hope not. I mean, I mean I we officially not. have had – it was a year ago today Sting made his debut in AEW. So he's been in AEW now as a wrestler for a year. And we've never seen him away from Darby. No, I know. I I think unfortunately that's what we're gonna get is a, a tag title run. Uh, maybe give Sting one more just because he's Sting. But if they do that, I want the moment they lose those titles, Sting to step out of the ring and be well, done as a wrestler. And if you remember, at the night he made his debut, he looks at Darby. He also looked at Cody Rhodes. You think we're ever going to get a playoff of him staring Cody down? And he stared Arn down, too. But it's kind no. of like, and then the next week he said, see you around, kid, to Cody. And they never really have went back to that at all. No, I think that's just kind of Sting's 
nod to Cody's dad. Yeah. Paying You're respect right. to Dusty. You're probably right. We then went backstage. We saw Chris Jericho getting interviewed and talking about um, how he saved Eddie Kingston. He stops the interview right there and said, I did not save Eddie Kingston. That was more about 2.0 and Daniel Garcia. Then we see 2.0 and Daniel Garcia attack Chris Jericho and lay him out. Yeah. Good selling by Jericho here. By yes. The way. It looked like he was out cold. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad that we're finally doing something with 2.0. Yeah. Um, you know, they came in. Oh, they're good guys. Oh, no, they're not. They're face. They're heel. They're face. They're heel. You couldn't tell from week to week what they were. And unless you follow BTE, you really don't know what anybody's doing. So to see the full heel that they've become. The annoying heels. Yes. Squareheads. Squarehead. Yeah, but it, I like I, it. And I like all, pairing with Daniel Garcia. It, it's all good. Yeah, it works well. Yeah. I am all for this. And it'll be a fun tag team with Jericho and Kingston because, you know, they're going to tag together at least for a match. So that'll be fun. At some point. Probably winners coming. Yep, probably. And then they got a lot of good big shows to build up. They got that one. They got the super card, the Battle of the Belts on, on January 8th. And then the week of, um, they got the first Dynamite on TBS. So yep. a lot of big stuff coming down the pipeline soon. We didn't yep. see Taz cutting a promo about next week's Dynamite Battle Royale. Leo Rush comes out and tells Taz that he will do everything he can to win, even if it's only 1%. Then we see Dante Martin come out and stand in front of Leo Rush and smirks at him as they cut away. And, and I, I listened to the podcast last week, but I want to I wanna re- reiterate your thoughts on Dante signing with Team Taz. This took me by straight surprise. I by, by surprise. I thought it was going to be, you know, somebody was getting a pen thrown at him or something. Uh, you know, I thought maybe Dante would pretend to sign it and then just rip it up instead. Yep. Uh, but him signing it, that that for chips. It's all for the chips, man. The chips. I, I still think there's a long term here. I think maybe he's trying to blow up Team Taz from the inside. Uh, that'd be nice. Or they're waiting for his brother to return. But what was with Taz last night? Did you catch his math? Because his math's not wrong. Oh, he did Steiner math. Exactly. I know what he's doing. We've got a hundred and twenty-five percent chance of winning. I went. Oh God, it's Steiner. Caliber about popped. Yes. Yep. Yes. I I I popped. I'm not gonna lie. Nope. It's Steiner math. Petey Williams from Impact. Yep. The moment he went, we've got a hundred twenty-five percent chance of winning. I went. Oh God. Here we go. <laughs> and then Taz was on commentary all night with the with yeah. the, you guys the rest of the night, which is which is good. And it's always good when you're used to a three man crew. Yep. We saw Jade Cargill backstage getting an interview segment with Smart Mark Sterling, and she congratulates Thunder Rosa on her win from last week. Uh, she will be facing Friday night one of Thunder Rosa's students. I don't recall the name off the top of my head, but we also saw Thunder Rosa get mad and just go off in a tangent in Spanish that I understood nothing. Uh, I caught rookie of the year at the end. That's it. Yeah. That's all I knew. <laughs> yeah. So, so we, well, I will come back to that thought after I recap this next match. Cause the, this next match was a TBS women's quarterfinal tournament match between R- Ruby Soho and Chris Statlander. Uh, pretty fun match here, Paul. I know these are two of your favorite female talents. Yeah. I, uh, I was really looking forward to this match. It, uh, had the outcome that we had predicted it had, uh, but the post match was 
I enjoyed. So I'll I'll let you recap the match real yeah, quick. Yeah, at the end of the match, it was a good back and forth match. And then the math uh, match, Stat- Statlander went for the Big Bang Theory, but uh, Ruby So countered it and rolled up Statlander for the victory, advancing to the semifinals, where she will uh, face um, uh, Nyla Rose after the match. Soho and uh, Chris Statlander shook hands and embraced. Statlander began to walk up to the ramp, but. Uh, Vicky Guerrero cut her off, and then we see Nyla Rose enter the ring and attack Ruby Soho, who's up celebrating on the turnbuckle. Then Chris Statlander comes back in for the save. So here's where I was getting at before this match. We are down to Ruby Soho versus Nyla Rose, Jade Cargill versus Thunder Rosa. Who do you think we see meet in the finals? Sadly, Nyla and Jade. Really? I think it'd be more believable. I mean, I know. 95% sure that uh, no matter who, Jade's winning this match. She's winning the title. She's going to be the inaugural. I think it's. I think the finals are Jade versus Ruby. You get. You the, think so? Yep. You get the face okay. and the heel dynamic. Yep. Okay. Yep. I'm good with that, too, honestly. Because, because Nyla's had some big wins in this tournament already, and she can be fine with a loss. And Ruby's only loss is to Britt Baker in singles competition. Jade hasn't had a loss yet. Yeah, Thunder Rose has built enough credibility within the company, and she's not going to be done with Britt Baker. I mean, they're, they're going to probably fight forever as long as they're both in the company. So, yeah, I think that's the direction we're going. And, and sign me up, Ruby Soho versus Jade Cargo. Sounds fun to me. I've got. I'm. I'm just afraid that it's going to be a squash match, though, because Jade's still in training. I mean, I give Jade 100% credit for everything she's done in the ring. She's still green. She's still training. Mm-hmm. You know, she she's had a few talking tos backstage for being too aggressive in matches. I'm just, I'm afraid if you don't make it a squash match against Ruby, something's going to go wrong. Well, and it shouldn't be a squash match. I don't think for the title though. Make her no, make it her shouldn't. Earn it, make her earn it, and then have her have a hell, hell of a run with the TBS championship, and then finally have her lose it. And after she loses it, she's ready for the women's title. But here's my thing. That's two title matches for Ruby Soho that she's lost both of. True. Does that make the fans start to question, can Ruby get gold? And I think that's a fantastic storyline if they go with that. She yeah. can't win the big one. Because Hangman couldn't win the big one either for a while. She never got a chance in her other company. Correct. So Yeah. No, that's good. That's a good thought. They could definitely go in that direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, then we, we, after they pretty much advertise next week or, uh, uh, rampage in next week's dynamite, which rampage, we're getting, um, Jade Cargill in action. We're getting pack and, uh, Penta versus FTR. And what's the other match we're getting on Friday? I'm blanking. Why am I blanking? So am I. Uh, I can see the card too. I cannot, I cannot pull it in though. Let me see if I can find it on my phone real quick. Yep. And then I'm trying to do it without looking it up. And then dynamite. <laughs> I know we have the diamond ring battle Royale. We have Brian Danielson against Johnny Hungy. And MGF's going to be making an appearance. Of course, he's in his hometown. I think he's in that battle Royale for the ring since he's a he, back-to-back he, win. Um, he suggested that he was going to be one of the final two. So yeah. that would that would make sense. 
Thunder Rose is on commentary. Ah, TNT Championship, Sammy Guevara versus Tony Nice. Yeah, who I skipped over that part. Tony Nice <laughs> did have a promo. Um, it was just pretty much saying, if you thought your rib injury was bad, me kneeling on your ribs, wait till Friday. So, yeah. And uh, he was saying how great the TNT titles could look around their premier athlete's waist. So that was pretty much just that. I forgot about that. I skipped over that. Looks good on Sammy's waist. Oh, ha! <laughs> <laughs> no discredit to Tony Nese. I haven't seen him in action. I didn't catch him in NXT, so I'm looking forward to that one. Not either. We then got the main event, the Atlanta Street Fight. Andrade El Idolo with Jose the Assistant versus Cody Rhodes with Arn Anderson. You mentioned earlier that Danielson almost fell off the stage. Did you see Arn fall off the stage? Yes, I did. I did. I felt bad for him. I and really Jose did. Jose helped them up. If the kid yes. was trying to get away, he helped them up, and then they quit. Yeah. They started fighting to the back. But, yeah, he took a double. He, he took did. a double. Um, Hopefully, uh, I didn't see any reports that he was injured, so that's that's a good thing. I didn't either. Uh, this match had a lot of fun spots and a lot of fighting outside the ring. Heck, they were fighting with their pre-match gear on for most of the yeah. first half of the match. We saw T-Pang. Have a cameo because he's on the Go Big Show with Cody Rhodes, one of the judges. Yeah, he hands Cody a chair and he attacked it on Andrade with it. That was cool. Um, we saw Andrade punishing Cody with multiple chair shots. We saw uh, he hit a split leg moonsault. Man, he had some velocity on that. I thought Andrade was fantastic in this match. He was oh, so yeah. good last night. He's he's incredible. Um, we saw uh, Cody bring out at one point. Well, he got busted open. Well, of course, it's a, it's a road. It's a, it's a Rhodes match. match. Yeah, he's gonna get busted open. So he, he it's got a big Rhodes match. Doesn't matter who's in it. It's Rhodes. <laughs> right. He got uh, busted open from a chair, but he was able to knock Andrade down. He grabbed a kendo stick from underneath the ring, threw it down. Grabbed a sledgehammer, looks out of the crowd, pops, threw it down. He grabs a golden shovel, crowd pops even more, threw it down, and uh, then. Oh, no, he didn't throw it down because he hit Jose in the face with it. He hit Jose square in the face with that thing. he was running down to attack Cody with a taser. Um, yeah. What did you think about the uh, – because I've seen mixed reviews. What did you think about Cody bringing out the sledgehammer and the golden shovel? I thought it was hilarious, yep. honestly. Uh, the look, he gave it the look Triple H always gives his sledgehammer and just kind of just threw it aside like, I don't need that. It, yeah. it was – it, to me, it was more closure on Cody with WWE, just kind of him saying, look, I truly don't need them anymore. I I, I think he it, it was, you know, maybe a subtle shot at WWE with the sledgehammer and the golden shovel because, you know, Triple H supposedly buries everybody. Yeah. And Cody is burying all the talent right now. Supposedly. That's why yeah. he's doing this stuff. He is mm-hmm. just screwing with the fans. He knows what he's doing. I think, and I got a Cody Rhodes t-shirt on tonight. I'm a big Cody fan. I think he's the most intriguing talent, character-wise, in AEW going. He's must-see TV every week because you don't know what he's going to do. Everybody's on the edge of their seat hoping he turns heel. Yeah. Isn't he kind of already heel? Because he's, if he turns heel, everybody's going to cheer. He's an in-betweener. No. Uh, he's got those heel-like tendencies every single week, regardless of what it is. So... A lot of people would say technically he is already healed because he's booed by all the fans. But 
he's still a face. So <laughs> it's, 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 it's fascinating. I think it's, it's just because week to week, you don't know what he's going to do. Exactly. So um, they're going back and forth. Um, we see Andrade have another table towards the end. He tries to hit Cody with it with a superplex because he took Cody through one table, but Andrade or uh, Cody's trying to hit him with the superplex, but Andrade fights him off. Now they're both on the top, Turnbuckle duking it out. Then we see a masked figure, figure in a hooded, in a hoodie, come out. It's Brandy Rhodes. She reveals herself to the crowd. She has two small cans of lighter fluid. She pours the fluid on top of the table and lights it. The flames are going really high. Cody ends the match as he hits Andrade with a reverse superplex through the flaming table. Cody and Andrade are in agony. And you can actually see flames were still going on Cody's body when he was pinning Andrade. Andrade patted him on the shoulder to get the flame out. Cameron yeah. kind of tried to cut away, but it caught some of that. Um, and Cody gets the one, two, three after the match. Uh, A.W. Ringside Dr. Doc Samson entered the ring to check on Cody. Immediately, Cody's up. He celebrates his victory with Brandy Rhodes. The show went off the air as the couple share a kiss in the ring. Fun main event. There are some things I that, that finish that I got to talk about. One, flaming table. I, I think has needed a change of pants after that happened. Oh, absolutely. It's it, it it was I could be mistaken, but I think the last time the flaming table was on non-pay-per-view television probably was ECW. I mean yeah. it took me back to WrestleMania 22 Edge and McFoley in Chicago, the flaming table. That's the last time I could even remember a flaming table being in a big North American yeah. promotion. Yep. Um, so they do this on national TV on TNT and if they place that table a foot too close or a foot too far, they're either missing the table or somebody's face is probably going through a flame. That is just such a ballsy thing. They have to be so precise in where that table is. Yep. And uh, I don't know if you caught it, but actually there was a piece of the table still on fire stuck to Andrade's chest. As he was getting pinned, they actually, the ref waited to count because Andrade was getting it off of his chest and, they knew if he's moving like that, th- th- you can tell it's not a three count. Yeah, they both had some flaming table material on them because Andrade yes. was also helping Cody with his shoulder while he yep. was doing the pin. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what kind of lighter fluid they use or, or, or what. I don't. That know. was Zippo fluid. Okay. <laughs> As yeah, a man who likes his Zippos, that is Zippo fluid. Uh, but uh, afterwards, and I don't know if Cody was just truly like amazed at what happened but he sat up and he what just happened yeah i don't know yeah he had a blank stare on his face i don't know if he hit his head too hard Mm -hmm. or the adrenaline he just kind of blacked out for a second or what but his back was definitely uh beat up today on instagram it's some flesh coming off the back definitely got probably first degree burns um but man this guy is going through links to get cheered by the crowd. Yes. And it didn't work. I mean, they cheered because it was a table. They cheered because it was on fire. They cheered because Cody went through the flames more than Andrade did, but they didn't cheer Cody. (laughs) Right. I I don't, don't know if he's going to get cheered at this point. Um, or totally over cheer, I guess. I mean, it might be yeah. that, but how about Brandy Rhodes? I mean, very heel like tendencies. Her face never changed. She didn't even seem that concerned when T- Cody went through the table with Andrade. I mean, she had an aggressive look on her face the whole match. The whole Brandy's, match. Brandy's a great heel. Yeah. That's the thing. I love yeah. her as a heel. It was her idea to start heels when she was a heel. 
Um, as long as they don't try to let her make her own faction, I'm oh, good. That, that was that was a wasted <laughs> effort. That's not happening again. Just make her a heel. Let her go out there. Maybe accompany Cody, come out mid-match, whatever, mm-hmm. as a heel. Mm-hmm. So you've got Arn, who's a face, Brandy, who's a heel, and Cody, who's can't figure out what he wants. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing. I cannot pinpoint what the end game is with this Cody storyline. I cannot. Neither can I. I mean, you know, the easy thing is to say he eventually turns heel and makes a run at the title. Something he said he'd never do in both 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 instances: turning heel, which he said he'd never do again, and going for the AEW World Championship. But I don't know. I, I just that's what's so intriguing about it. I have no idea. I don't know. There's gotta I be think... an to it. There's gotta be, but. <sighs> I think what we need is some big storyline to send Cody off for more than, you know, a month or month and a half. Uh, get him off TV six, seven, eight months. Don't mention him. Do it during, because they're talking of a second season of Roads to the Top. Yes, it got renewed. Yep. So do it while that's filming or something. You know, let him work backstage, obviously, but write him off of TV. Do it when the Go Big show's over. So there's literally no word of Cody whatsoever and then let him come back, whether it's face, whether it's heel, it doesn't matter at that point. The crowd will react. Yeah. It's something. I don't know. Now, let me ask you this before we get into uh, our overall thoughts and grade and wrestler of the night. Mm -hmm. You weren't here last week, so I didn't get to ask you this. Yes. Your thoughts on the first 20 minutes of last week's Dynamite. I will be honest. I thought it was a little long for my liking, but okay. I really enjoyed the promos overall. I enjoyed the back and forth. I enjoyed the, 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 the Miz line. I enjoyed the UFC line from Punk. It was a lot of fun going back and forth. Now, this week's promo, I didn't enjoy near as much. I thought both guys were a little off this week in the promo. Um uh, I thought MJF was trying for the pop real hard and didn't really get it. Punk was stuttering over his words a little bit, just a little. I mean, he was talking yeah. probably after the match, but they just didn't hit real well. I mean, I, I, I'm looking forward to the match a ton. Can't wait till they lock horns. But, um, but no, I thought last week's was really good. It was some of the best promo work I've seen in wrestling in a long, long time. But it could have been about 15 minutes for me, not 20. I mean, that was that was a a big chunk of the show. Was that promo mm-hmm. right there? Oh, absolutely. And then, then you got an 11-minute mu- match after that with Punk. Punk was on a fourth of the show. Yep. Yep. But uh, I got to say, probably my favorite line, the only way you're going to be number one is if Tony has a daughter and we all wait around and you marry her. That was a good one, too. I kind of flipped that. But that uh, the stab at Triple H, the stab at Miz, the stab at Cena – all I, I just enjoyed them because they were perfect. They were utilized very well. It's not like they had to reach to do those. Unlike well, he, when WWE brought it up on Raw with uh, Edge. Who, I was gonna say. Oh, yeah, you know, they're, they're talking about you in the other company. No, I think that's great for both companies to do that. It's, it's not taking a shot at each other. It's acknowledging the fact that the other company exists. I see nothing wrong with it on either side. I think it's yeah. fine. As long as, like I said, it's a seamless thing. It's got to fit. It's got to be part of it. It can't be like we forced it in here. Right. <laughs> right. 
Right. I was trying to look up. I can't find it on Fightful right now. Maybe I'll have it for next week. But I was trying to look up because we um, saw in the news this week that um, Big Swole in AEW, yes. they're not, she's not renewing her contract. And there's a bunch of contracts coming up soon. I wanted to see who all was coming up. Oh, okay. Kind of talk about if we thought they'd get renewed or not, but I can't find where I was looking for that because you did see the Young Bucks re-signed for two more years through 2024. I know Omega and Cody's are coming up. They're not going anywhere. I'd be I'd no. fall on my chair if they did. Chris Jericho's yeah. is coming up. He's not. I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, but there are some interesting guys. I think FTRs are coming up here soon because because AW does contracts like on two years, three years, four years, five years. Call it kind of all over the spectrum. They don't have that just one tier deal. So um, yeah, because I know we t- we've talked about in length a lot of different times. We're gonna see some guys choose to leave soon, or some guys not get renewed. I have two guys in my mind I could see as the potentially the first talent to go from AW to WWE. Okay, who you got? Brian Cage. Okay. He's unhappy in the company. I think he's made that well known, and his, his wife has. And he's that mo- that monster muscle guy that Vince has liked in the past. Yeah. So I can see him. This other one has spent time in WWE in the past. I think he really enjoys how he's treated in AEW, but maybe he feels like he should get a little more push Lance Archer. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Now here's here's my thing with Cage though. Cage may not be the happiest with AEW and his treatment, but he is still constantly doing indie shows. Yes. I mean, I follow several different uh That's promotions and it seems like he's constantly popping up at indie promotions all the time. So I think he likes that aspect of it is he can go do those shows still. And not have to worry about it because Vince doesn't really like it if you go wrestle other places. Oh, he doesn't allow it. I know. Um, <laughs> I, I was yeah, being... maybe, maybe Cage just goes to the Indies then. He might. I mean, he's loving doing that stuff. So, you know, in Lance, I mean, I hope. I mean, I think AEW treated him real well when he had that neck or head injury a few weeks ago against Kingston in the the tournament, um, the Eliminator tournament, but. You know, we've seen him win the um, New Japan U.S. title for a brief Lose time. It. Besides yeah. that, he, he's lost most big matches he's been in the AEW, and he, they push him, then they back off. Then they push him, then they back off. So, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think they're going to land anybody from AEW, at least in this moment, that's going to move the needle, per no. se, but they might get a few guys. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested to see what, uh, what happens as the contracts do start to come to an end. Cause you can't sign everybody. No. And you can't keep you can't re-signing keep everybody. everybody. You can't keep everybody either. So. Nope. But nope. I like, I like how they just decide not to renew and they don't release somebody. That's right. a lot better way to do it. Yeah. You know, a lot of them do they, right they, after they, contract they the have their dignity. Still. Yep. Yep. Or, you know, like uh big soul who was still under contract just said, you know what, this, this isn't yep. for me right now. I appreciate everything you've done. And they said, okay, we understand. Thank you for the time. Thank you for everything. You know, and we don't get the AEW has come to terms with the release of uh big soul. We, we wish her, wish best. her best in all her future endeavors. percent. Yep. Yep. <laughs> No, Tony will come out and say something very respectful when something like that happens. 
Yep. So at least in the past, uh, I haven't seen if he did anything with Swole yet, but I'm sure he will. Yeah, I don't. I, I didn't catch it. If so, but I mean, Big Swole, she had some good moments in AEW. I mean, it's too bad to see her go because she was fun to watch. But you know, she does have a public battle with Crohn's disease. Yeah. Um, so that, but I mean, we saw her in a cin- cinematic match against Britt Baker. AEW didn't do too many cinematic matches. Um, we saw her have a little fun faction with Kylan King and uh, Red Velvet for a little bit when Jade Cargo was coming on the scene and before Brandy got pregnant. So she she had some good moments in AEW. Yeah. And I think some of it still is, you know, um, her husband's still part of the other company. Yeah, Cedric Alexander. Yep. So I think there's still that tension there and it's probably easier for her to step aside from where she's at versus him. Um, especially with her current other battles that she has going on. So hate to see her go, but uh, wish her the best of luck and hopefully she stays healthy and we aren't uh, coming on a year, two years from now saying that she's lost her battle or something. Yep. Yep. So, so your grade for the show, sir. I'm going to give a seven solid seven. I mean, there was nothing I really hated about the show. My least favorite part was probably just, Cole coming out the commentary because I didn't understand what he's out there for, but there wasn't anything that I mean I loved the ending with the flaming t- flaming table that was great, but I mean I, most of the matches were solid, but there wasn't anything that absolutely blew me away. I did see this was Dynamite's lowest rating since May, that was kind of disappointing, but hopefully that'll get back on track coming to uh, winter is coming. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you for the exact same reason. Seven, uh, few, you know, the Adam Cole thing kind of just really threw me off. Um, but yeah, it, it was a good, solid show overall. Wrestler of the night, I'll let you go first. Oh, all right. Um, you know what? I'm gonna go Cody. Going through the flaming table took a lot of guts. I don't care how much stuff you put on your back. The professionals, when they're going through fire, they've got suits on. And all Cody had was something that apparently was flaking off the entire match. It looked like chicken feathers. Yeah, so I mean... It was. I'm not what it looked like. Uh, it, when I first saw it, I was like, okay, so Cody got really bad sunburn. Now he's peeling, and he's in this match. So, yeah, I uh, I gotta go with Cody tonight. No, that's um, who I would have went with if you didn't. Um, and I'm sure he'll be AW's wrestler of the week this week, probably. But I will, uh, I will go with somebody else. <laughs> no, I'll go with Ruby Soho. Good win for her over Statlander. Gets her to semifinals against Nyla Rose. So keeps yep. uh, banking those wins. We are on the same wavelength again tonight because uh, she was my second pick. If uh, if I would have gone second and you would have picked Cody, I was yeah. going Ruby. So there we go. I mean, you could have made the case for Danielson to Punk, I suppose, too, or, or yeah. Sting or, or Darby, too. But but know. we've already picked all those guys. Oh, I think we've picked <laughs> most of the roster at this point. Yeah. Yeah. We, we always. Right. <laughs> Except MJF. Well, no, he was my uh, my wrestler of the night for the pay per view because yeah, you know you saved your butt. I won gold that way. Thanks. You saved your buttons. Yeah, and uh, while while you fight with the microphone, uh, you know, I, I said it. I am a fighting champion. I am a true fighting champion. I stick to my word. I am. I I will let you know for sure after I see the full card. 
next week. But, but if you play your cards right, Tanner, you could uh, have a shot at the KOP title at Winners Coming. I figure the AEW title's on the line, so why not put the KOP predictions title on the line? If and only if you play your cards right, and if I like the um, card. I'm not going to go in there as champion. I can do this. I'm not going to go in and go, you know what? I'm too uncertain on this card. I am not putting my belt on the line, but it could happen. So we'll see. I got to see what, what uh, the roster looks like next week. Um, And uh, see what happens, but uh, looking forward to a good, Hey, there you are. I don't know if you can hear me, but I can hear you. Oh, well, hey, hey. <laughs> well, uh, Tanner is experiencing some technical difficulties. So uh, with that being said, uh, be sure to follow us on all social media at Kicking Out Podcast. Follow Tanner Lee at Tanner Lee 92 on all social media as well. Be sure to follow myself, your KOP predictions champion at Paul Zartman 921. And uh Join us again next week as uh, we kick out another podcast, and we'll see if uh, Tanner is able to get a shot at the KOP Predictions Championship. Join us again next week as we kick out yet another podcast.